Oh, well, well, well. You know what they say. For every bed sheet that you lay on, there's a bed sheet that gets sprayed on. I'm not talking about Monsanto spreading your corn when it's not really corn and it turns into fertilizer for roaches. I'm talking about a couple things are spread on some bed sheets. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. Oh, I can't believe I'm not a nutter butter. <laughs> oh, I bring the love and thunder. Thor! <laughs> All right. Welcome to episode Damn, that's a big scab. Um, <laughs> Scabadabadoo. <laughs> Scooby-dooby-doo. All right. Uh, I would scrappy-dappy-do this pod, but I'm already one minute in. And once I'm a minute in, you know, I got to finish like good friends. The first time they hang out when it's very awkward exchange at the lunch table. Finger football. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'll finger... Something that's a foot into your keister. Um, well, I mean, it's like when you're traveling the border, they'll stick like an eight ball in your vagina so you could cross over and they don't detect. Well, no, that's more like TSA because you wouldn't have to do I mean, the, I mean, I'm pretty sure border controls, they're going to search a couple things, but I don't think they're going to go deep in your vagina. That even that's a little invasion of privacy. But TSA, they'll, they'll go wherever is needed. Because, you know, TSA stands for titty sagging down to the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome to episode 209 of the Off Me Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. I got the power. Um, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. The regular power, not anyways. Um, <laughs> don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And uh, don't forget to eat your five orange heads today. All right. (laughs) Apparently, all right, like the term five head, all right. (laughs) First of all, all I think about is five gum. Because when five gum came out, that shit used to be like this exquisite, but it's not really exquisite. But... Well, Five Gum used to be, you know, in my entrepreneurial days, me and my brother. We kind of ran like a gum ring. You know, some people run drug rings at school. We ran the gum ring. And it was all profit because we got free gum from where my dad worked. Bring boxes of dented gum and we go to school and charge like a dollar a freaking piece of gum. Kids are so fucking stupid. Um, And this has come from someone that literally... This is a true story. One time on the bus in like first grade, I literally exchanged a shoe with someone else on the bus. The problem is we exchanged the wrong shoe for the wrong foot. Meaning, like, we gave each other, like, I had my original left shoe of the ones I went to school with. I gave him the right shoe, but I took his left shoe. So I had two left shoes, and they were not the same shoe. So I guess the shoe was on the other foot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, let's just say when I got home, my mom was not too happy. 
um she was like you exchange it for that piece of shit it's like well you know manny said you know he was struggling um but yeah manny was a big kid i'm a big kid now um but yeah any jizz that was a fun story um but yeah they say that when the winter comes, it's because it's heating up outside. But doesn't that just mean that it's gusting winds? And I call GW because I'm uh, getting W's all day. Just not on my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of, I never found my W-2s. And that's a W to me. <laughs> Alright, anyways, to some series. So, um, I've been having these dreams. You know, not like, no, no, I'm not talking about like the, oh, I've been envisioning my life eight years from now. No, I'm actually talking about when you actually sleep and the stuff you dream about. I legitimately had a dream that I was, this is how you know I was gym deprived. I legitimately had a dream that I was going from store to store trying to find a pre-workout. I was going to Walmart. I went into a Kohl's. I went into like, I, I even think I went into like a, one of those barbecue places. Like thinking like, you guys have pre-workout? Like... And they're like, no, but we got some sweet, sweet sauce and baby Jane in the back. And she wanted me to give her that baby back rib. Um, <laughs> pull the rib, Eve. <laughs> Eat the bone clean. Um, <laughs> good thing they have them sweet peach BBQ sauce. Um, <laughs> Jim and Nick, I guess, just really stands for... Jimbo, you're in the nick of time. <laughs> no, but yeah, I was having a pre-workout dream. And uh, can you imagine, like, if they had, like, a pre-workout, where you had, like, a pre-workout drink before you go to sleep, and then your dream was all hyper-focused, and it was the same feeling as when you drink the pre-workout and you work out? But it was in your dream. Talk about a pump. And typically in my dreams, there's a lot of things pumping. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not talking about overpriced gas. Um, but I do want that oil money. These fucking soccer players. This is dude. I don't know his name. is like Mba Mbamane. Um, but he just got a transfer. He just got transfer, quote unquote, traded. The Saudi Arabia team paid this man. $778 million to play soccer for one year. And people want to criticize and be like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, but he's taking oil money. He's taking money from people that, oh, because America, we have this really bad relationship with the Saudis since, you know, they blew up a few things, I guess. But, you know, it's like, 
For 778 million, I can forgive a lot of things, all right? <laughs> I'm not saying I forgive, but they say forgive, but never forget. It's like, I can't promise I won't forget. <laughs> That's a lot of money, man. <laughs> you know what I could do with 778 million dollars? Things that you can do with 778 million dollars. That's unlimited oil for the rest of your life. I would never have to, like, I'll fill up everyone's gas tank and not wait for a paycheck. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, shout out to the Saudis. And uh, don't forget to drive your Audi. I do like belly buttons or Audis. It's kind of weird because my sister has an Audi belly button. Pop goes a weasel. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, actually, there was someone at work. They made a comment to me, and I thought about it. They said, man, you know, just another day. And I'm like, yeah, could you imagine... It's like if every day you went to work, but the day just repeated itself every day and you couldn't even quit because the next day it's like Groundhog Day over and over, but you felt and worked it every day, but then you only got paid for one day, but you lived that one day for the rest of your life. Like what if we had to choose one day of our lives? We get to choose. That, but we have to relive that day every single day. Or how about this? There's two days out of our lives we get to alternate to live. You have to pick the best day of your life and the worst day of your life. And you have to replay those days. I think it would be, I think it'd be a good time. Um, because you feel the the best feelings and you feel the worst and that's what this life's about it's not about feeling good all the time i rather feel really good one day and really shitty the next than to have that eh every fucking day but the conditions that come with it is you have to accept your reality of your situation on those good days so let's say the best day of your life was when um, you got hit by a truck and your family won $200,000, but you survived it, right? But before you hit by a truck, you were broke as a joke, so you couldn't afford to take the bus, which is why you got hit by the bus. Um, damn, this is really going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> This feels like a big derailment. Um, it's like that movie with Denzel Washington and John Travolta taking a pill in one, two, three, where they're trying to. He tells them to drive through the rails where there was already an accident weeks before, so the whole place is shut off and it's an empty cliff. And that's where I feel like this podcast is going to. But hey, get seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Or whatever the equivalent for, you know, give it a four out of five star rating. I don't know, you know, help the boy out. But yeah, but you have to accept the fact that you're going to get hit by that bus every day 
But, you know, you know your family's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, hey. uh, but, uh, yeah. You got to be careful because do you want to pick the best day regardless if you were poor? And there's a realistic of what you can or can't do that day. Or would you rather just kind of not do that and just have a whole lot of money, but you just kind of don't do much with it? Because what's worse is when you have the access, but you're too in depressor into your own problems that you can't even enjoy it. Or you spend it on prostitutes. Not there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, look, I feel bad for prostitutes, you know. Not because, you know, they're having free sex. Well, it's not free sex. Well, it's probably free for them, but not for everyone around that's profiting. Um... <laughs> Uh, damn, um, <laughs> this makes me scared to have a daughter in this world. Um, but she would never be a prostitute because I'll make her bitch slap anyone that tried. Um, and I would at least give her guidance um, to avoid prostitution, not guidance of how to navigate the prostitution ring. You know, make sure at least they put a ring on it, not a cock ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it the chicken or the egg? I don't know, but my egg's now a chicken. Um, <laughs> it's a pregnancy joke. Jesus Jesus Christ. Roll, roll with the punches. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's like having a pet rooster. Like, pet roosters are the best alarm clocks. I honestly should probably get a pet rooster. Because if I had a pet rooster, you know, some can cock my girl up um, when I'm not available. Um. (laughs) You know, just a poke of the beak. Um. (laughs) Well, don't poke, you know. It might be a hard poker. Um. (laughs) Poker face. Um. (laughs) Don't poke her face, actually. That's not the card she was dealt. Um, uh, but he'll be my ace of spades. Uh, this podcast is a royal flush. Um, but no, don't wake, don't wake anyone you live with up with a rooster. Like, cause I'm sorry. Like, if I live with a bunch of bros, and they had a pet rooster, I never understand these people weird ass fucking pets. Like, I don't want your fucking I don't want you carrying around your non-vicious snake. It won't bite. It will only be scared if you... If it feels you're scared, it's like... Well, I'm telling you, bitch, I'm scared. So put it the fuck up. Actually, move the fuck out. You're paying 30% of the rent. So either pay 50... If you you want to keep your snake... It's like the people that... Oh, because there's typically like the king... Like there's the master bedroom. And then like... If you get a two-bedroom, there's simply like a master bedroom and then a less-than-master bedroom, which really the only difference is the bathtub is a little bit bigger. 
It's like, how big do you fucking need your bathtub? It's like, that's literally the only difference. Oh, I have more space in my bathroom. To do what? You could brush your teeth. You could walk around while brushing your teeth. I don't know. Oh, I got a closet in the bathroom. What kind of fucking logic does that make? A closet in the fucking bathroom. Just be like the rest of us. You have to get one of those like uh, sealed bags as your closet. Because you don't have a closet. You know where you vacuum the shit down and all your clothes are in it? I think they what it used to be. It used to be like an infomercial. Where basically you would put all your clothes in a sealed bag. You vacuum it down. It's like, this is a lot of work just to fucking put my clothes away it's like but you have unlimited storage it's like yeah but you also don't want too much room like you want your closets and your drawers to look full it's kind of weird if like you have these big closets and it's all these things are sealed down to nothing and then it takes like 10 percent of the closet and now what is the rest of the closet for r kelly's midget um (laughs) um Oh, you shouldn't say midget. It's like, oh, sorry. Little midget. Um, <laughs> looking like a McDonald's kid's toy. Does McDonald's even have kid's toys anymore? I don't know. Probably not because, you know, kids are kind of gay now. They might choke on it. Um, <laughs> hey, they're not dipping their nuggets anymore because they jip you on the sauce. Um, yeah, take that, Ronald. The pedophile McDonald. Like, think about how fucking weird that is. Like, you don't think Ronald's a pedophile? You don't think the whole crew is a is just a pedophile ring? Like, think about it. They have a playground. This grown man who's covering his identity is sitting here like, climb me, climb up me. You're climbing up. Slide down me. Is a pedophile's dream. And it is just. McDonald's is just. Honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. If we found out that McDonald's was actually designed. To actually. Just have an excuse for. Adults to be smiling at young children. I do not want another adult. Smiling at my young children. The way Ronald McDonald does. If I ever see. A grown man or woman. Smiling at my child. I don't care if they're doing something cute. I don't care if they say something funny. I don't care if they fart. Don't fucking laugh at my child. Unless they got, you know, special needs. But and but don't laugh at my child. I'll smack the shit out of you. And then I'll teach them to smack the shit out of your child. And then, you know, daycare. Um, that's all daycare is for. It's just... For kids to get together and watch the land before time. And, you know, there's always one kid that exposes that, you know, my mom's being beaten at home. Um, and that causes, it ruins the whole, you know, vibe of the daycare. Um, it's like, Jesus, keep that stuff in house. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, see, I don't, I don't know if I would ever take my kid to daycare. One, the shit's crazy expensive. Daycare is one of those things that, like, the ironic part about daycare is that it is designed to keep poor people poor, but if you don't put your kid in daycare, then you're a piece of shit. 
But you're actually being financially irresponsible at putting your kid in daycare. Which actually kind of makes you inconsiderate and closer to a piece of shit. But a lot of people don't have choices. So is this never in a cycle? And people, and you know, look, it's something past couple or recently in my life. I'm like, you know, would I ever consider homeschooling my kid? It sounds great in theory. Like, oh, you know, you don't like the way public schools or private schools are working, whatever. You don't like the curriculum. You think they're trying to push agendas. Okay. Have you ever actually been around a person that was homeschooled? Like, I mean a person that was actually homeschooled. It is a complete, like, they are the most annoying motherfuckers you will ever come across. I have a theory that there's this person. I know, kind of. Not really know, but I'm around them enough. And this man, you would have swear to God, this man knows every, every fucking thing that was ever made. This man invented the wind. This man knows everything about everything, but yet he actually knows nothing about anything. He doesn't even know nothing about nothing. He knows nothing about nothing of nothing. But when you, but it's kind of like when you've been homeschooled, you have this kind of uh, superiority about you. Like, look at me. I was taught by, I was taught different than all of you. And I'm like, yeah. And it shows because you have no actual personable skills to actually listen and to be challenged on. And being homeschooled just makes you probably more inclined to feel like that your opinion and your thoughts and your idea of what's right and wrong is superior and can never be challenged. Which is the definition of what will hold you back and make you like homeless. Ironically, being homeschooled will make you homeless. Um, but no, seriously, like, homeschooling people, like, they really don't know shit. Like, there is a value to being around people your age, kids growing up, regardless if they're dumb or not, because you have to be able to identify and not be naive. To how the world works. And the problem is. They get older. They observe things. They watch things on news. They watch. You know. They read all this stuff. And look up all this stuff. But they have no real life context. To actually apply it to. So they are more susceptible. To just get ingrained. And actually not have the ability. To think for themselves. And actually be able to look at some And identify. If it's just bullshit and when I've been dealing with this person and the stuff they talk about I'm like man you know you're really not helping the homeschool trend man like if they were to make a viral TikTok of what happens when you homeschool your kid and they just posted you talking like homeschooling would crash the market of homeschool would crash worse than the 2008 housing market uh, except maybe if, you know, your house would have crashed, um, you wouldn't have been homeschooled. Um, but yeah.
The only school you need as a young man in this world is the gym. That's all you need. The gym will teach you everything about life. It really will. No cap. Except people that wear caps in the gym. And then your hat falls off when you're doing fucking overhead press. And then you hit the freaking border. Like, you know what? You deserve to hit your freaking dented hat. Your overpriced fucking hat off your head. Dumbass. Um, But the gym will teach you everything about life, actually. Gym will teach you that not at one, when you start something, it's fucking hard. Uh, When you start working out, like anything you start doing in life, you know, you're starting from scratch. Like, your body's like, holy fuck, why are you doing this to me? And then, you actually have to push your body to actually learn to be capable of things. You have to push your mind, you have to push things about yourself to actually learn what you are capable of and understand how much of yourself you can unlock. And when I kind of, uh, you could tell like a lot of people, the reason why I think it's mandatory for people to work out or lift, or especially guys, is because it's not about looking strong. It's not about being stronger. It's about, you can tell by the way people look at life if they've ever been in a weight room. If they've ever actually applied progressive overload to their life. Like, you could actually tell a lot about how someone thinks. A lot of people really underestimate what they're capable of. And the first instinct when they see something or someone that they apply as quote-unquote unrealistic, their first is like, oh, they must have taken some enhancer to get to X, Y, and Z place. It's like, no, they just did some consistently for years and years. And now it looks like they don't have to put a lot of work, but that's because they have so much backed up applied work within their body and muscle memory that they don't have to do it as often as you might have to do to begin with. It's like going to the gym your first five or six years to build that foundation is the same as like learning a skill. It's the same as like if you're going to college or same as you're learning something that like you have to put all this time, trial and failures, learn what works, learn what applies to what you're studying for. And then next thing you know, once you quote unquote reach a certain level, you have an established career and all that stuff. Maybe you have a business or whatever it is. It's like, you know what? I don't need to be, you know, you should always be studying and trying to learn more. But you have so much knowledge and you have so much applied uh, so much applied real life training to what you've done that you don't have to put in the same amount of time because you learn it's more about efficiency than just pure mass of time you spend doing something. Because you already know all you need to know. It's just about consistently applying it. And that's how I could tell when people were just very pessimistic of their capabilities. I bring this up. Because there was actually someone at work, right? 
At first, it seemed harmless. It seemed complimentary. And then I kind of sensed like a, a demeaning undertone. So this person came up to me. I was wearing a tank top. You know, not trying to show off nothing. It's just really hot in this bitch. Um, and they said, you work out, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, when I can. Honestly, not recently, but, you know, I'm an avid goer. And they're like, oh, they're like, oh, yeah, I can tell you, you definitely look like you, you know, you seem really strong. I'm like, yeah, thanks. They're like, oh, well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it's nice having all that time to be able to do it. And I'm like, oh, you just assume I just have ample amount of time to go do this, huh? Okay, I let that one slide. I'm like, oh, this person just thinks I'm a gym bro, even though I work more hours, double the amount of hours in their part-time ass does in a week, but it's cool. I'm not going to nitpick. Um, and then he started, they started to insinuate that I was on something like, you know, you know, you know, I'm going to be honest, like the way, like, you know, it kind of seems like you have a type of look that kind of doesn't seem natural. And I'm like, is it the flabby triceps? Is it the disproportionate shoulder to waist ratio? Like, what is it that doesn't seem natural, huh? From my natural, basic, untanned, white-looking ass. Tell me what doesn't really seem natural. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And I'm like... I was like, yeah, no, it's just, you know, consistency over time, eating... Relatively, you know, the basic bullshit. And they just kept looking at me like, mm hmm. Like, with this look, like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking sure, actually. Do you think I could afford, like, even if I had a desire to take those type of HGHs? Like, do you understand how much fucking money that shit is over time? Do I, based off where we work, do I seem like someone? That just has the means to just spend 5k every 6 months on some shit. It's like, oh, so you know the price. It's like, yeah, it's called you watch shit. You understand the shit's expensive. And you understand that the shit is not even worth it. And in the day, unless you're actually competing, making money based off how you're looking. And trust me. Not yet. Um, <laughs> but... There's this, uh, there's just this thing that gets really annoying, and people always say you should always take it, you know, as a compliment that someone says, like, you're on something, and I'll tell you why we, we people, we the people, and the gym, and people that put time and effort get annoyed by it. Is because we annoyed when it is a reflection on how you view anything worth achieving that you assume if anything looks spectacular. Um, <laughs> no, it's the fact that when you think that anything looks something that's not naturally 
obtainable. Your first instinct isn't, man, how does this person train to look like that? Because they obviously don't do just basic conventional training. They, they, they must be doing something different. It's like, no, oh no, they're just taking shit. They're doing the same as everyone else, but they're just on some shit. And I don't know, like, I think you, that stuff used to be just like complimentary. But now, like, the more I think about it, you get more annoyed, but just like, because it gives you a glimpse of how someone is. It's just fucking annoying. I'm kind of, and I, it's, I think the thing with like YouTube and this played out fitness shit is that it's like everyone's like first fascination with someone. If they're in great shape is if they're not quote unquote natty or not. If they're on something. And that's because like the Greg Doucette's of the world. Like literally their whole channel is just debunking guys in their young, the mid-20s. Their influencers working out. Trying to debunk every statistical health metric of theirs their testosterone when they get test results and debunking it's like you know what you can literally get a person's clean like the thing is someone can be completely natural get their blood test and you could find flaws and like oh this could mean they're on this it's like you know what people's like no one has the most perfect levels or the most ideal levels in their blood there are certain things that are weird with everyone like, people don't realize, that actually, a lot of people that are in, like, lean and in shape typically have very low testosterone. Because the lower your body fat, the lower all your hormones and sex drive, all that shit's going to be, your testosterone's going to be floored. People automatically assume when they see, like, someone jacked and shredded, they must have crazy testosterone. If it's a certain type of jacked and shredded, maybe. But... Yeah, like, bodybuilding is actually really not healthy. And I I, I was actually thinking about this earlier. It's like, I have no desire to ever get into bodybuilding. For the simple fact that I actually just don't believe in depleting your body. I don't believe in starving yourself. I don't believe in draining your body for a few minutes on stage to be basically viewed as just like you literally look like a dark piece of chicken once they put all that tanning spray on you and you just kind of look like a prop it doesn't even feel like you win much even when you do win per se and that's kind of the thing it, you know it's um and I love watching uh you know bodybuilders their channels you know, workouts and their lives and stuff. Like, I like watching those things. I love watching lifting uh, content. I love watching that shit, but... You know, the thing that kind of gets played out about it is that, like, there's such this negative sphere of trying to figure out if someone's on something instead of actually listening to the information or what they're trying to tell you. Because... 98% 98% of the time, it doesn't really matter if they're on some or not. Who who cares? It doesn't change the fact that the stuff they're showing you, the inspiration they're showing you, debunks all that. 
And for the people like, oh, well, you know, it's a, uh, they owe it to the audience. Like, no, they, people don't owe the audience shit. Honestly, like, that shit's stupid as fuck. Like, if you look at, if you think someone has to disclose they're on testosterone or TRT to justify why they can bench 335 and they look a certain way, that's a you problem if you need that justification. Like, grow the fuck up. Stop being a 42-year-old bitch. Like, oh, if I was on all that. Like, you know what? No, they could blast all the fucking shit in you and your ass still can't squat with death. So I don't really give a fuck. You got bad hips. Self-inflicted. I just get fucking annoyed. Like, I, you know, and I'm, it makes me, like, not even want to watch a lot of stuff. Because people obsession, like, it doesn't really matter. Just fucking watch the shit and shut the fuck up. And you know what? And honestly, if you... And go the exact workouts they show you online. Do all the training they do. Then fucking do it. That's my thing. If you feel it's that easy, and if you feel... with and I think what I'm starting to see now is um I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that when I go on public they nitpick shit that I do and I realized that hmm, the golden days of this podcast were just me Going to simple takeout places, observing a specific incident, and it became 40 minutes on my podcast. Now, I don't, I can't go do nothing. Relatively. All I do is go to work. All I do is cook. And then this is like my one time a day where I could actually get my thoughts out. But the problem is, when all you are kind of doing because of your situation is you're kind of minimized to 
not really live a certain life you want. It's like it kind of take it kind of sucks the life out of you. But sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. And but man, like this is what like this is what I think. This is why I think when old heads, right, they try to tell you, like, don't get caught, like, don't get sucked into the rat race, right? Don't get sucked into what, quote, unquote, you think you should be doing. Like, you need to have a standalone vision because, like, it's very easy to be caught up and the next thing you know, five months later, you think you're... Doing X, Y, and Z, doing this, like trying to get ahead. You're so worried about one specific aspect. That's an important part of life, but you know deep down it's not the most important part. But you need to get shit correct because you understand the reality of the world we live in. But the next thing you know, it's like six, seven, eight months later and bam. It's like, wow, that went by fast. And you're like, man, did I just spend that much time focused on this and nothing else? It's like, oh, this is a weird feeling. But this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Like, there's an expectation as a guy, like, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I don't want to be minimized to that. But the reality is, is that we are all minimized to something. There's only so much we can realistically output of ourselves. And I think what I'm starting to realize through this process is that there is a limit of how much of your personal energy you can actually exert yourself genuinely. No matter how much sleep you get, no matter how well you're eating, There's only so much you can actually produce in a day of yourself. There's a give and take with all this shit, right? And I'm starting to learn the hard way about that. But you just got to adjust, right? That's what this life's about. Adapting, adjusting, and ass. The three A's. That's the AA meeting I want to go to. Adjusting, adapting that ass. Um, (laughs) I'm such a fool. But yeah. Don't worry. This podcast will be back to uh, its old state. I'm literally just going through the kinks. And the only reason why I'm posting is because it will show you guys that this shit is harder than it looks. It looked easy before. It's not so easy now. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I will never take for granted of just having a, there is a freeing feeling. And I think a lot of me operates best as a person. I think a lot of people is just when you can just act impulsively in a good way, when you could just act of what is just you. The problem is, is like when you're kind of restricted in how you can act based off your situation, whether it's like you don't have a car or whatever, I can't just wake up and go get, I can't even just wake up and go sit at a Dunkin'. I can't just wake up 
and go work out. I can't just wake up and just leave the house in a reasonable manner. Like, there's a trade-off. And it kind of, like, just from the get-go, you just feel hampered as a person. Like, mm. It's almost like there's only so much you can actually do that has a natural capitalize in these margins because if I don't capitalize in these margins it's not going to happen there's no freedom of moving shit around because it's like if you don't do it here it's not going to happen today um, there, there's just a and as part of the reason why I'm in this situation because financial improprieties of not preparing enough in my part for unexpected shit but hey you know what it is what it is but I think with this it does as much as I'm not a care about money person it mo- it definitely has motivated me to never be in this position again so that Just for the simple fact that I don't want money to be a reason why I can't do something. I don't need money to go do something. I just need money to not be a reason why I can't do something. That's where I think people feel sad in this life. That's why when people say financial freedom, that's really what financial freedom is. It's not about going on a yacht. It's not about going on unlimited vacations. It's not about getting unlimited Dunkin' Donuts every fucking day. It is just about... If I want to leave my house, if I want to go... Just... Go to a random city. If I want to go get a... You know, an Asian massage. I don't know. If I want to just go... Fucking camping. If I want to just go see a friend spot, you know, some days you wake up and you're just like, you know what? I want to hit up my friend today. And they may say they can't hang out, but you just might want to fucking do it anyways. You're feeling good about yourself. And I want to be, I want to have the choice to be told no. And that's the thing. When you don't have these things in order, it really gets exposed that you ain't really got shit. <laughs> But yeah, anyways, enough of this sad shit. Because I'm a sad boy. Just making more boys out there discouraged and sad. Um, I've been waiting all day in the sun. Oh, I'm definitely floundering my chance right now. Oh, but fun fact. Did you know cornflakes? John Kellogg actually the whole motive behind making cornflakes was to stop people from having sex. Cuz I he believed eh, the way society was and all that stuff that people were having too much sexually driven thoughts it was mainly to stop masturbation 
insects. That's why cornflakes. So every time you're at a hotel and you get those little cornflakes box and you, they got that milk in that little pitcher, just know that your bowl of cornflakes will stop you from masturbating. Um, <laughs> I wonder if there's something like it. If they did a study, like if they just had, if they just got like people that did surveys of like, hey, Open like I met like guys that masturbate every single day. Let's you know what that's what they should do a study and take like fifty guys who have a masturbation problem and then feed them cornflakes, have them eat two bowls of cornflakes every single day and see if over that thirty days. If their masturbation decreased in any form or way. Because if it does, then John Kellogg sure made some really bland ass cornflakes. Where the, the food you're eating is so bland, it takes the enjoyment out of life to beat your dick. <laughs> I talk about adding some sugar to some flakes. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have a lot of flaky conversations eating that. But yeah. I've actually never had cornflakes. I've had frosted flakes. Now that thing will probably make you jerk to the wind. <laughs> I mean, that's all frosted flakes are. It's just premarital sugar on there. Frosted flakes is like, is like meeting a supermodel. Cornflakes is like, you know, meeting your girl at the DMV. It's like, all right, cool. And Frosted Flakes is like, God damn. She looks like J-Lo with a bigger booty. Um, <laughs> They're more than good. They're great. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, so eat your cornflakes and Maybe that's maybe that's why I wonder if Mormons like if people that are super religious are Mormons. I wonder if they actually follow that and they feed their kids cornflakes to resist the sexual deviancy out of them. What do they eat for lunch? Paste? <laughs> Tomato paste. <laughs> They're like, if this doesn't discourage you from, you know, I'm not even going to go there. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what happens when you go down the YouTube rabbit hole. Next thing you know, you're finding out that breakfast is a scam. Bacon and eggs were killing the country. Causing gastric gas in the stomach. It's like, oh, really? Greasy bacon and bland ass eggs. It's not good for your stomach every fucking day. Who would have thought? And this guy's like, nothing, some cornflakes. And cereal, you know, I've never had a bowl of cereal that's ever filled me up. Never. Not the healthy kind. Not the most unhealthiest kind. It never fills you up. All it does is it just makes you fart after, if anything. It makes you fart, and 
it just kind of gives you a sugar high. I've never eaten bowl of cereals like, oh my god, I'm so full. Uh, no, you just get a little bloated, and then like an hour and a half later, you're at the Chinese buffet, and you're all good. Um, cereal is the best like pre-buffet meal. Sorry, going down a rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, now I think about it. All these cereals. They all have a mascot on them. I didn't even realize that. Like, I never actually put that together. Until I, until they pointed out, like, every single cereal, they made a mascot to make it relatable to kids. Like, Fruit Loops has got a toucan. Frosted Flakes has got a tiger. Lucky Charms has got an Afro Beats guy. Um, <laughs> it's an inside joke. Um, you got my Lucky Charms. Um, Raisin Brand's got the sun. They got the whole fucking sun with the scooper. Uh, fucking, you know, Apple Jacks has, has got a apple circle. Whatever the fuck that. No, it's just like a cinnamon. It's like a cinnamon roll. Well, not a cinnamon roll, but like a cinnamon script looking thing. And then Kicks. Actually, they don't have a logo. They don't deserve a logo. Kicks is the most disgraceful thing they ever call cereal. But yeah. No, all these branding and stuff, like it's definitely driven to a certain. Uh, audience, let's just say, and bad parents. Less when I go to grocery store as a grown adult, I have no desire to get cereal. I honestly, think if you're a person, if you're a grown adult that like goes to get cereal, like I, I might judge you a little bit. Like we're better than this. And, you know, when I was younger, I not even young, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to be one of these parents that are, like, super health conscious with my kids. Like, I want them to actually enjoy things. I want them to have Fruit Loops. I want them to have, you know, foods that aren't great. I want them to be able to go to buffet. You know, I want them to enjoy, like, you want to introduce your kids to things at young ages so when they get older... They don't seek it out and then become so like amazed and attached to it. That becomes like, you know, Hunter Biden and crack. Um, no, you want to be introduced to things like that's why I guess that's why like you hear a lot of these stories of like fathers introducing like there's actually a thing out there. And not a thing, but it's actually really common, especially back in the day. Uh, where, like, fathers will purposely s- initiate and they will purposely uh, make it happen, let's just say. Where their, like, 12-year-old son loses their virginity to a grown-ass woman. Like, that's a real thing. It's not coming from healthy homes by any means. But it's a thing. And the logic behind it, if you want to call it that, but... I actually don't think it's the craziest thing. It's still fucked up because you still made a, not made, but a grown woman still slept with the kid. So that's why it's like, eh. 
But the logic behind it is if you introduce your son to sex at such a at a young age, they don't they're not gonna look at it when they get older as this like attachment fucked up thing where it's like it becomes their life. It's like it's it's like it's like, oh yeah, I've done that. It's not a big deal. And then they may have a healthier relationship and they may not look at it as like this fascination is just like, yeah. People have sex, you know, whatever. Where if you're one of those that guard your kids from even seeing going to the beach because a girl might be showing a little bit too much side boob. It's like when that kid becomes 19, freshman year of college, goes to his first party, and girls are doing crack off each other's belly button nude, and he's probably watching some girl get, you know, railed um, by the beach ball. Um, It's like, hey, he might see that and be like, holy shit. It's like, it's hitting all these neurons in his head. These excitement, like, holy fuck. It's like anxiety. It's like a rush. And so, you know, I'm not saying I would ever introduce my 12 or 13 year old son to a prostitute to lose his virginity. But, you know. I may strongly suggest some videos to him. You know, here was dad, you know, when I was your age, here's here's what dad's top eight was. And here's the top eight that I'm currently watching. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, that's true father and son trauma bonding. Um, <laughs> it's like, like father, like son. You're going to like what I like. It's like, wait, Dad, that's you. Oh, sorry, wrong file. Um, <laughs> but yeah. No, you know, that's the logic behind it. And I've heard plenty of stories. I I, I know guys, like, in real life, like, told them about it. They're like, yeah, like, that's what my dad did. And not me. Like, this, this is what they're saying. Like, that's what my dad did. And, you know... I actually kind of thank him for it. Not like thank him like, yeah, but it's like, you know, when you look back, it's like, you know what? It kind of makes your, like, you, you become like very like, you, you have a hard time becoming truly like attached to anyone. But in terms of as an individual, it's actually better because you don't become too high or low whether someone loves you or not. Because it's like you already look at it as like a, oh, people do this more for feeling and transactional reasons than actual like, you know, like, oh, love and shit. So it warps your view, but at the same time, it actually probably makes you a more understandable person about reality of things. You don't get caught in fantasy world too much. So, yeah. Um, introduce your young sons to prostitutes, I guess. That's the moral of that story. This is Parent Corner 101, off and beat style. But yeah. Because you don't want the first time your son meets a prostitute when they're actually old and don't know how, you know, doesn't know how it works. You want to have some prior knowledge so they don't get fucked over. 
you know? You don't want them going through online Craigslist, you know? Finding out the hard way that, um, that she doesn't love you. Um, <laughs> and by the way, they're not going to tell you the real price up front. They're going to tell you a price. But then you're going to do the deed and then some and be like, oh, well, you know, since you wanted head, that's an extra 40 bucks. Like, God damn it. And I had to keep the condom on. Does it even count? And what are you going to do? But like, I'm not paying you that 40 bucks because you don't even know where she came from. All you did was put an order 25 minutes later. Someone's at your door. She wasn't just walking out in the dark. I could tell you that. Someone dropped her off. And if you don't pay her that 40 bucks, you're getting dropped off somewhere next. And I'm not talking about to work. You're getting dropped off the bridge, my friend. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so pay your prostitutes accordingly. And then some. They did their job. there because anytime I start talking about prostitutes people don't think I actually do participate with prostitutes and I never have never will um, but yeah too much respect for the profession the more respect I have for your profession the less I'm gonna fuck with it so yeah that was episode 209 of the Off and Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some prostitutes' titties. Uh, actually, probably don't do that. Actually, that's probably like the least of your worries if you suck their titties. It's probably anywhere else that you might run into some problems. Because they might pull out some and they'll be like, suck this. And you might be like, whoa, hey. It's not Wednesday. It's not Weenie Wednesday. Um, <laughs> yeah. This pod is becoming Struggleville. But one day, it's just going to become Whoville. Alright guys, happy. It was recorded July 26, 2023 for the archives. Haven't been doing that lately. But yeah, peace.